Hi, this is Hillary Crowley, and welcome back to the Good Energy Healing Show. Today, I am working on something that um, I think is at the heart of my growth right now. And as I have a lot of changes going on, which is very good and very fun, um, as I mentioned, I'm bringing the uh, Good Energy Healing Club back. It soared and did so well and carried me through the pandemic. Um, and then I stopped it when I felt like we were going to be going back to quote unquote normal. And then I realized that there are some real elements of being online and doing energy healing across the world and sharing intuitive messages. And it was just really fun and I missed it. And so did my other, um, members of my community. And so I've decided this is uh, something I'm going to circle back to. And I don't know exactly how it's going to work out. I never know in all of my sessions. I never know before um, the Good Energy Healing Club meetings exactly how it's going to go. I have a plan, just like this episode. I have a plan, but you never know. And that brings me to the theme of perfectionism. This idea that we think we can know before we even begin how things are going to go, which is quite frankly, future telling, um, which is not the most uh, healthy thing to do. You got to really learn to live in the moment and perfectionism lives in the future. Isn't that interesting? Perfectionism. If you find that you're doing anything with perfectionism, um, I want to really talk about the language of perfectionism because it basically means that you are behaving as if you know how something's going to turn out. You know me, I looked into the etymology, the history of the word perfectionism before I got started for um, deep diving today into relinquishing perfectionism. And I was like, there's got to be something hidden in that word that's going to really show us, you know, what direction uh, we want to go in and, and, and perfectionism, when I see it in my my sessions, perfectionism is usually a sign that um, somebody has got themselves wrapped up probably from childhood with adverse childhood experiences. Sometimes growing up around addiction can do that or just um, emotionally unavailable uh, household um, can do that uh, so that you just, it's a power and control relationship, which says, I'm going to behave in such a way that I can control what the outcome, the the finished product. So I'm going to be uh, perfect perfectionism. One of my favorite stories of perfectionism I shared this week with one of my clients, um, and it involves my sister actually. Years ago, uh, 25 years ago, I was getting married, and I got to wear my mom's um, wedding gown, which was from like 19. Um, mid early 1960s right and i was getting it uh re re um constructed to fit me and my sister who was already married did a beautiful job like going um with me to all these all these fittings and i tried on the um i tried on the wedding dress and i think i rolled my eyes because it wasn't perfect it didn't look quite right i didn't look quite right Um, it didn't look like my mother's beautiful black and white picture that had always been on the piano growing up. And, uh, my mother looked a lot like, like Jackie Kennedy because the dresses were similar. I mean, it was just from that era and it was just, you know, 
I was like, I want it to be more up to date, but I didn't think it would look this different. And I just um, complained out loud to the mirror. But who was also in the room with me was my sister. And she very, very rarely ever sets me straight. And when um, she did this time, I'm forever grateful because she said, hey, I got to tell you something. Um, First of all, the dress looks great. Second of all, it's not perfect. And I was like, oh, see? See, she's showing me. She's speaking the truth. It isn't perfect. Let's go back out there and tell the seamstresses we need help with this. And she goes, no, 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 no. And it won't be perfect. And your wedding day won't be perfect. And your marriage won't be perfect. And your life won't be perfect. And today won't be perfect. But if you want to find the fastest way to ruin, she said to me, this whole wedding process, and especially your wedding day, is start focusing on trying to make things perfect. And I promise you, you're going to ruin your wedding. I mean, who says that to people? That was like brilliant. So the first response I had was shaken because I was like, wait a minute. I thought I had a responsibility to be perfect. I thought, I don't know what kind of princess construct I had from that time in my life. I mean, some of us can relate to it. Some of us can relate and look at people like me and be like, you know, roll your eyes and be like, oh my gosh, Hillary, ugh, you know? Um, but I'm admitting that I was brought up with that construct that, you know, I was supposed to, you know, have all the things together and I could even have a chance at some kind of strange construct of perfectionism. And that was going to culminate on my wedding day. Now everybody can just burst out laughing, whether you've gotten married or you're about to get married, like just, you just know, okay, that's not how it goes. Thank you to my sister for saying that to me. And what I learned and I've shared with a lot of other people who have gone through important rites of passages, whether it's the funeral or the wedding or a birth or all the little moments in between, first day of school, last day of school, um, anything, you remove the basically the curse of perfectionism because perfectionism tells you, sets you up for never being satisfied never feeling like it's good enough and in many ways ruining your memories, like already setting memories in place so that you only remember the evidence of what wasn't perfect. Do you see where I'm getting here? Because I've talked in the past, I haven't talked about it recently, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've talked a a lot about Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. So perfectionism is the culprit. It creates that fixed mindset. I've also talked a bit about elements of a dysfunctional home. A dysfunctional home involved isolation. They involve denial. They involve silence. And they also involve rigidity. Okay, so there's two two, um, unifying thoughts that say rigidity and um, a fixed mindset really, really block your growth. And I would go so far as create an inner stress that hurts yourselves, hurts your body, doesn't help you flow with with what I like to think of the good energy that's naturally being produced from our body when we're released from dysfunction. So here's the good news. I think one of the lands of dysfunction 
is called perfection. So you can just kind of look around and be like, oh, I'm at the wrong rest stop here. You know, this is not where I want to live. I don't want to live in the land of perfection. How can we relate relate to that and and release some of that is to acknowledge that um, we're programmed for perfection. Oh, this is very cool. So if you go to etymology.com, um, they actually have a history of any word that you're interested in and shows the frequency and the and how a word became popular. So perfection came into being around, uh, I think, the 1530s and uh, the word of perfectionism. That came into being around the, the 1530s. However, it didn't really get popular into the 1930s. Okay, so what's that? Like, do the math for me. That's a long trip. That's like 400 years. What? Why did it all of a sudden become popular in the 1930s? Well, you can tell me we've got the industrial revolution. We've got the, um, military. We're in between world war one and world war two. And in the 1930s, um, everybody is ratcheted up. It is a very stressful time. And we're still, we're still within that century. We're still responding to that and growing from that. And we're having this amazing communication revolution where I can sit here and share what I need to share without having to get a news crew to come over and take a 30 second sound bite and say, Oh, Hillary, you have something to say about perfection. Well, are you a celebrity? Do you have a right to say it? No, no, no. I just get to do this podcast. Okay. So we're in the middle of this amazing revolution where people are sharing their wisdom, sharing their insights, sharing the results of their life experiences, of their practices and their expertise. I get to do that right now. So I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope for this. But here's what happened. Perfectionism showed up in a very sharp incline in 1930, all the way up to 1968. It was also in the English speaking world, also big deal. Okay. So 1930 to 1968 kind of leveled off, plateaued for a moment, a beat from 1968 to 1971. Who knows why that was? And then from 1971 to now, it shot up even more and there's no sign of it uh, plateauing off. So I hope that this episode helps you know show a little plateau when we look back in history that we say, wait, 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 perfectionism. All right. So the other thing is you might think about perfectionism. I referenced seamstress, bridal gown, and so forth. You might think of perfectionism as something um, where you know certain things need to be perfect. You know, you you want you want um, engineering to be perfect. You want a bridge to be built with perf- with precision. Okay, so let's not get precision mixed up with perfection. Why? Because perfection actually means that something is complete. That is actually all it means. So the verb to perfect something is say, oh well, I perfected. I've, I've perfected this, um, meal. It means you've finished, you've, you've, you've finished making the meal. It's to accomplish and to, uh, complete. That's what to perfect means. It does not mean to be, um, without, um, flaws. That's not in the, that's not in the definition. It doesn't mean to be completely without mistakes. It doesn't mean that. And and yet we've created this environment where in order to accomplish something and to perfect it, it needs to be 100%. It needs to be an A+. It needs to be an A++ with a bonus done. And then we get this idea that it's unachievable. This is the most important part. It's unachievable. 
It's unachievable. Even if you're an A++ student who always gets the bonus, there are going to be moments where you miss one thing. <laughs> and if you miss one thing, you are therefore, uh, you've lost all of your achievements from the, from, from, uh, your history and into your future, because now your track record is going to show you are not perfect. You have made a mistake. You got something wrong. See how that feels in your, see if that, how that feels in your body. If you go like, Ooh, wait, no, don't say that. I, I still, I still have a shot at, at perfect. Well, that's a programming. And the programming that we really want to go is like, Hey, perfectionism. I see you come out behind that curtain. You just mean to accomplish and to complete. You don't have this power over me anymore. I'm not going to live on your island. I'm not going to be stuck at your, at your rest stop. I am going to go through life feeling much more with a flexible mindset. And I love that idea because then we're all allowing for each other to like make mistakes and be kind to each other. Um, another little story I have has like a, it's two layers to it. I went to this practitioner who was a pretty good practitioner, body worker, but also had elements of like reading and healing, um, and wanted to let me know that one of the problems I was having with my shoulders is that I had an issue with worthiness. And he like pulled out a little card and he was like, Oh, this is the card that comes up for you worthiness. And I was like, huh, well, okay, fair enough. Okay. Like, I don't know that I'm completely worthy of everything all the time. And I'm in physical pain. You see where he had me right there in a suggestive state. What do I need to do if I need to fix this more etheric problem or psychological issue? I will happily work on that if it will help relieve my physical pain. I was all in. And that same afternoon after the appointment was over, I got to meet up with somebody else who had gone to the same practitioner. And I always am kind of an open book, as you can imagine. And I was like, you know what? I need to work on my worthiness because apparently that's weighing on my shoulders and it's an issue. And this person who goes to the same practitioner said, oh, he told me I have worthiness issues too. Okay. So either it's a coincidence or it's a trend. Um, but in her case, I looked at her and I'm like, eh, you don't, you don't look, you don't look like worthiness issues. I, I can't get into the details of who this person is, but like to say that they're accomplished and brilliant and, um, just a striving, thriving, beautiful person who I'd known enough to say, like, I don't know that worthiness is, you know, the, the, the top of your list. So it made me think, huh, is this like a pattern? And I was like, well, maybe it's less of a pattern and maybe that practitioner wasn't wrong, but the practitioner didn't need to say, Hey, you have worthiness issues. Maybe the practitioner could have said, Hey, relinquish your need to be perfect because that's the recipe for worthiness issues. So if you tell somebody who's a perfectionist, which I was again in that setting, I wanted to be the A plus plus with the bonus. Hey, how do I do this right? Oh well, you want to release your issue with worthiness that you have an unworthiness or whatever it is, and and so I go into it. I'm like, let's figure it out. Well, in the figuring it out, I just added another layer of worthlessness or unworthiness or however however we want to describe it. Um, recently on my Instagram post, Hillary underscore Crowley. If you want to find me on Instagram, um, 
I did a little um, reel about this. And I was just like, if somebody tells you you need to work on your self-esteem, somebody tells you you need to work on your worthiness, like that's not an action. That's actually a spiral. Um, if somebody is vulnerable or in a, in a in a place where they need a little bit more support than that, that is not helpful. But what you can say is, hey, look at where you put perfectionism in your life and release that. Allow things to be good enough. Um, allow them to be released. So that that's one uh, another little story. Uh, when I worked at University of Massachusetts, I worked in the uh, pediatric residency program, and I loved I loved my manager. She was awesome, and she had this really cool note on the door which said, um, "A task completed is better than a task perfected." First ten times I read that, you know, having been a student and you know, you know, thinking like grades and how am I going to get my marks in life and all sorts of things like that. I was like, huh, that's interesting new way of thinking. Today, having read the etymology, um, I see that it's a redundant uh, statement because uh, according to the actual correct etymology of the word, we think a task completed is a task perfected because it means to accomplish and complete. That's what perfect to perfect means. But I know, and you know, and we all know what it really means. It means without flaw, without mistake, you know, and that can lead to another big P word, which is procrastination. And so that's what her sign was trying to say is like, don't worry about getting every little tiny thing right. Let's show up do our best. We'll learn from our mistakes. She really knew about the growth mindset before it was highly, um, I'm hesitating though. I was going to say before it was highly promoted, but that little department that I worked in, in the 1990s was moving a lot of psychology for children forward. Um, we worked while I worked for her, we worked on, um, I think I helped edit the document for the new England journal of medicine, on uh, learning styles, woo, you start getting to learning styles and then you're not into perfectionism at all. We used to think like the math science learning style was the perfect learning style. And it's like, no, it's a wheel. There's no perfection in a circle. It's just a circle. Um, so actually, now that I think about it, that sign on the door was probably informed by some of the studies that she had worked on, which is let's release the per- procrastination that comes from the shadow definition of perfectionism, which is you're not allowed to make mistakes. You're supposed to only have one way of learning. You're supposed to have only one way of, um, I'm going to just show you only one way of making your bed and cleaning your house and, you know, uh, parenting and, and, and getting work done and taking vacations and resting and uh, having difficult conversations with family. Like you're supposed to just do it one way, which is even as I list that off, everyone's like, that's not even realistic. I'm sure all you listeners out there, like you can't do anything one way. If you walk into something where it's done exactly one way after another, you know, you start to get into like, you know, this, um, sci-fi kind of situation where everything's done exactly the same. Cause we're not exactly the same. We are all different and we're all living our ongoing lives. So as I, as I, as I switch into this deeper idea of relinquishing, um, perfectionism, I want to, I want to jump into this, um, idea of not being done yet. Doesn't that feel good? Like, how are things going? They're going, 
you know, I'm a human being. I'm not a human done or a human doing, but certainly not a human done. I mean, a lot of people who understand how energy works and flows doesn't even think when our human body dies that we're done yet. Um, We are constantly in flow. And so this idea of anything being finished or accomplished is, you know, brings an ending to things. And um, I just felt the fifth chakra blocking up there because, ooh, that's a big move for me. My fifth chakra only blocks up when I'm speaking once in a while. Fifth chakra is related to the heart expressing itself. And I think that there's something there where the heart um, is saying kind of like, speak, girl, speak, speak it out, speak it out for yourself, speak it out for other people. We are always thinking that we're done, that we have, you know, retirement. Have some fun someday thinking about the word retirement. Those of us who are looking down the road to say, how many more years do I want to work? How many more decades do I want to work? Retirement also literally means to die, to retire is the, is another word for death. So it's, you know, retire, um, why are we putting um why are we putting endpoints to my life? I still am gonna wake up whether I work at this shop or this shop or if I take the day off or I'm on vacation. Why do I have a sense that I I stop here and begin here? Maggie Smith has such a fun quote, which I know is taken out of context. It's kind of funny though. Um in the um Oh, the, the, the story of Downton Abbey. And it's, it was a, it's a little bit of a famous quote when she's from old school from the the 1800s, maybe before perfectionism became a thing. And we watch her walk right up into the 19, you know, through the 1920s into the 1930s. And somebody said something about taking the weekend off from the, from the uh, laboring class. They said, we're really going to fight for our rights for weekends. And she just says in her English accent, she goes, what's a weekend? What is a weekend? And as much as that was um, a little bit, a lot of it based on the plot of the whole Downton Abbey thing, totally, totally out of touch. It also was kind of showed a weird kind of uh, changing of of history where we were getting into more of this industrial revolution of like, how is a Friday different than a Saturday, you know? And it's because we get a chance to break and then we have to go back and we break and go back. <sighs> there used to be a time in our own lives, in our early life when we were first born, and as we came through childhood before we were programmed, where we weren't measuring time. And so we didn't have a sense of something being done. And then we had it programmed into us um, and we weren't done yet. You know, when you are tired, you want to take a break. You know, uh, the word lazy, probably if I looked it up, goes right next to the, uh, the word lazy follows the word perfectionism in terms of usage in our English language, in the English speaking world. Um, lazy is actually from French. I looked this up with, um, one of my clients who, if you're listening, thank you. Because when I work with my clients, my clients inspire through their intelligent healing field for me to expand my intelligent healing field. And we all kind of get smarter, wiser, and healthier together. So we had to really gaze into this idea of, um, 
lazy. And lazy is a terminology that means to be tired. Okay. So let's not sleep shame or fatigue shame anybody. It just means to be tired. And also it's French from taken from the French laissez-faire, which is to like not get too ruffled about things. Laissez-faire. I mean, laissez-faire is used in the English term, you know, um, we can say it in, even if you don't speak French, you might recognize laissez-faire means to kind of go with the flow, to like not be too uptight about things, right? So, um, hmm, what have we done here? We've created these stops in the middle of our life, these marks, these these bells ringing, these these uh, rigid sets of time. Um, and, and it's time to, it's time to release it a little bit. And let's plateau this use of the word perfectionism to say, wait a minute, perfectionism, that got mixed up with precision. Let's be precise. Please be precise when you're doing the electricity in my home. Please be precise when you're building the bridge that I'm going to be driving over. Please be precise when you're building my bicycle or my car. Please be precise when you're doing heart surgery on somebody I love. Please be precise. But perfection means the unattainable ongoing, you're never going to do enough because you're not allowed to make mistakes and there is no ending to what you want to accomplish in the way you want to accomplish it because it's never going to be enough. Okay. The other part is let's just go with, I'm not done yet. I'm a work in progress. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm never going to be perfected. And the good news is without the perfectionism, ism, the perfectionism of it, the ism part, I'll say that one more time, without the perfectionism part, I'm not stuck. I'm not glued to um, uh, feeling diminished or debilitated from my thoughts. I won't be debilitated in making decisions. How many decisions do you have trouble making because you're stuck in a state of like, thinking about all the things that could go wrong. I find that I'm working on this with travel for me. I used to travel really freely. Now, as I'm coming back out of a very intense time in my life, and then also coming out of the pandemic on top of that, I would love to just take a little trip. But if you take a little trip in your mind and you think about all the things that could go wrong, um, they're going to happen. Your baggage is going to get lost. You're going to twist your ankle. Um, the room that you want might smell like cigarette smoke. Um, there could very well be like a loud party across the hall at the hotel. Um, maybe you're going to see some ants in the corner at your Airbnb. Maybe the rental won't, the car rental won't be available. Certainly the plane will be delayed. Um, or they'll hit terrible traffic along the way. I took a quick trip to New York city last weekend and I hit terrible traffic and I didn't get a parking space turned out it worked out fine. It was not perfect, but it was beautiful and lovely. And I'm glad I did it. And that's what I want you to think about um, with bringing in the energy field. And I want to actually bring a little energy healing to this session. I don't know how it will come through in the podcast. I'm just kind of, I don't think I've done this before, but I want to kind of bless and release perfectionism to all the listeners right now and look around whatever you see, and just kind of love what is. Just love what is. Um, there's no comparison to anybody else. 
show me somebody who is has no flaws or mistakes. And I won't even say that I like to say, I'll show you somebody who's not telling you the truth, which is like, okay, that's kind of a little bit shamey and, you know, but I'll show you somebody who, um, is, is blocking their growth, you know, you, you are blocking their authenticity, blocking their vulnerability. And, you know, it, all of this is, is to, is to be released and unfolded in such a way that, um, we no longer put um, a jail cell around our growth, um, with this ever present pressure of perfectionism. Oh, the other thing that if I haven't made my point fully enough, um, if you look it up, it's actually a moral judgment upon others to be a perfectionist is to morally judge others. So if you say I am a perfectionist of how I keep my kitchen clean, lovely, good for you. Use the word precision if you mean precision. And if you mean perfectionism, it means you morally are judging yourself and maybe others. Let that go because uh, you don't want to cast judgment on yourself because you're going to make mistakes and you want to have that growth mindset where you can grow and go with the flow and bring in some humor and be able to laugh at yourself and grow and get better at whatever task you're trying to get better at, because we do get better. We just don't get better if we, if we debilitate our ability to learn from our mistakes. You see what I'm saying? What we do in that case is we just walk away and we quit. And whether we quit out loud or we quit silently, that's for you to decide, decide on anything that you're doing. But as long as you're growing, that's way better than perfectionism. And I hope that makes a lot of sense to you. Um, I've seen with my clients as well that um, the perfectionist mindset, the characteristic, the trait that's built in, that is really of no fault. I mean, it it, it has to do with being being born into this. Um, it could be the family you were born into, the culture you're born into. In our case, the time we're born into. Because look at the chart. Go look it up. It's like we were born. I mean, for me, it looks like the day I was born was the day that perfectionism shot right up. Um, I'm also uh, uh, my astrological sign is Virgo, and I am not at all an expert of this. But one of the going, you know, like the general definitions of Virgo is that we tend to be perfectionist. Well, I, I really don't want to be like on some kind of moral high ground of like perfectionism. Yuck. I don't want that. Um, what I, what I would love is to be able to leave that world and just, um, maybe that's my journey is to, to leave that and to be able to embrace and love and feel the grace of it all. And also say, oh no, I can't be a perfectionist because I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Um, what I see with my clients is it they're they're it's in, they're incapable of making decisions for themselves because they're weighing everything from the point of view of I we can all relate to this. Well, that's not going to go well. I know that's not going to go well, or that's not going to go well. The true adventure of it all is you start it and you see what happens and you don't have to do anything perfect. Um, I'm on my way out today to um, a dance concert, to see a dance concert. And um, I love music and I love dance and there's a precision to it. 
but there's also something non-perfect because it's different human bodies moving and deciding how to move together to meet and to create a greater art out of that. I'm really looking forward to seeing this, this beautiful um, piece, um, this performance piece. You know me, I love music. I do love dance as well. I love the human experience. And I'm going to just sit back and enjoy sort of a beautifully imperfect art of dance where everyone is different. Everyone moves differently. And yet we all agree to um, move to the to the same sound and the same melody and the same in the same choreography. And what becomes of that is just masterful and glorious. Um, so don't don't confuse precision and craft with perfectionism. Um, don't confuse this thing about perfectionism of being, oh, we were we cannot make mistakes. It really just let it go. All it means is to accomplish, to finish, to complete. And then go with this bigger, bigger story of I don't want to be finished. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And if I can just leave you with that little sentiment, which is I can't be a perfectionist because I'm not done yet and I don't plan to be done yet. That will help you relinquish perfectionism and and go on with your beautiful life and your beautiful day and um, just releasing that energy healing of like looking around and waking up and just loving what is, loving things the way they are, not the way they're supposed to be embracing that beautiful growth mindset and allowing for the caring and the sharing and the movement and the connection and the belonging and the changing that comes with releasing perfectionism. Leave the, leave the island of perfectionism behind you and um, sail away and have a beautiful day. I wish you well. I'm on to my next thing. I wanted to just jump in here. If you enjoy the good energy healing show. You might enjoy the Good Energy Healing Club. Find me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, Sign up for my newsletters. Um, Let me know what you're thinking. Hit the five stars if you're enjoying uh, this, if you enjoyed this episode and please share and like this with your friends. And thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Yeah, not done yet. That's all I've got to say about perfectionism. Not done yet. I jumped on I hope you all have a beautiful day.